It is Locked On Jazz for the 18th of October. It's NBA week. We start. Holy smokes. We'll start it with a really interesting quote from Quinn Snyder. Talk about Mike Conley and Jared Butler and how their seasons are intertwined. And the one year the Jazz decided to lose, they did it for the worst draft class maybe in the history of the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan for you each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms for you. Special hello to Bryce and Ray. Is that right? I still haven't figured out if I'm pronouncing that right. Ray and Joshua, the first to say hi. I, I don't know if you can see it on YouTube today. I'm supposed to have a fun little new black and white background that is um, that is there for you. It is NBA week. Tomorrow night, we get to sit in front of the television and watch Lakers, Warriors, and Nets, Bucks. And the NBA is upon us. And then the Jazz open with the Thunder and the Kings. And then the big TNT game against the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be great. We're underway in a wild NBA season. Here's the plan for the week. Tomorrow, I'm really going to delve into kind of an NBA preview, where we are, revisit some stuff. A bunch of you are probably revisiting the show this week after taking the year off. We're okay with that. The rest of us are smarter and better for doing this show every day. Um, And uh, I smile at you as I say that. And uh, But we welcome you back and glad to have you. The chat room is always open on our live broadcasts on YouTube. We try to do this live each morning for you for some interaction, get your questions. Let's get uh, to the show. I want to try something today. Um, this is kind of the fun part about doing things. You get to be a part of the show. So I uh, want to share a screen uh, with you this morning. Let's see if this works. This should be shared. Do you, ha- you should hopefully have Quinn Snyder here. I thought was a really interesting quote. Uh, by Quinn Snyder. I asked him why the veterans have bought in as much as they have. And I quickly don't think you're getting it. So let me try one other thing to let you get it and see if I can make a little change. And then I think you might get it. Um, and that comes, I think there's a level of trust that they have in some of the things that we've emphasized even more this year. And, you know, we try to discuss it rationally too. You know, just so we, I think it's important for all of us, myself, the staff, and the players in particular, to understand why it is we're doing what we're doing. You know, why do we want to play this way? Why are we going to run this play or defend this way? Um, you know, so that they can see how those things connect to success. And um, whether you do that, you know, in this case, it, it, you know, there's a fertile ground because there's experience there, um, you know, across the spectrum, things that, we haven't done as well as we want things that we've had success doing. Um, but every year is a little bit different. So you, you don't want to go into the same, you know, the next season with the same plan, you know, the, everything that doesn't, you, know, you modify it and hopefully try not to lose things that you like, but um, that's the process I think of the regular season too, as you go through that. But 
Um, it speaks to our guys. Um, you know, I, I think intelligence as players and, and human beings. Um, and it speaks to the fact that I think they want you know, their desire to be successful. It's such a basic concept what Quinn says here, but I actually want to go back to the very beginning again and, and play the first part of this again, because this really is, when you look at what Quinn's talking about here, this is the essence of everything he's doing with coaching. This is actually how you run a business. This is how every teacher should teach a class. This is how all of us should go through things. And, and he says it so clearly and so interestingly to me, and it is why these guys buy in, because frankly, Quinn has such a level of confidence with his coaching staff and himself in what they're doing that he's willing to tell them the why. He's willing to say to them, this is why we're doing this. This is why we run this place. I've seen it numerous times. Talking to Rudy, hey, Rudy, if you pivot this way and turn inward instead, the defender can't do this, and then you do it that way instead of just, Rudy, turn this way. Why are we running early for threes? Why do we need to contain the ball more? Why? Why? Here, we'll we'll revisit it one more time uh, and then continue. I just thought this was a really telling quote. Well, I, I think it speaks to kind of, a, you know, kind of know thyself. Um, and that comes, I think there's a level of trust that they have in some of the things that we've emphasized even more this year. And, you know, we try to discuss it rationally too, you know, just so we, I think it's important for all of us, myself, the staff, and the players in particular, to understand why it is we're doing what we we're doing. You know, why do we want to play this way? Why are we going to? And run this play or defend this way um, you know, so that they can see how those things connect to success. Just such a straightforward, not earth shattering in any way, but really interesting insight to me on how Quinn Snyder coaches this team and, and what he does. And, you know, the key words there are trust, rationally, understanding, and why, and how they're connected to success. And if you were to ask me the number one thing about this preseason that I've seen from this team is the buy-in. Even at practice on Saturday when I went, they're, they're ju- Mike Conley's just busting his butt. Jordan Clarkson's just busting his butt. Those two, to me, step out a little bit above everyone else right now. And that's not a slight on Joe or Donovan. Joe's been kind of in and out of the audit, or Rudy, who... There's just so much veteran leadership. Boyan has been fabulous. I, I, I don't know that he missed on Saturday. Um, you know, I think, and, and to me, it does stem back to like, well, why is Quinn Snyder, when we have the GM survey out there, thought of as the best coach in the league? Well, what, what's I think most interesting about Quinn is he gets ranked as the number one most creative offense and the third most creative defense, and he certainly is. I mean, it's not outlandish to talk about him as John Nash, the beautiful mind, and the way he thinks about these things. If you walk into his office and the whiteboards are written up and all that kind of stuff. But if you actually were to ask me what I think is the essence of, of who he is as a coach and what makes him the best of, at, at what he does is this idea, that, there, that he understands how to communicate a message. He understands how to get things across. He understands what he's trying to, what, what, what he's going to have to do to get buy-in. He's not so arrogant in his coaching that he just does it and says, well, this is what we're doing and you have to follow it. It's very different. It's a communication first to his staff 
the amount of meetings they had before that team went to Vegas. And then I would guess if you Quinn got meetings with a Mike Conley and maybe with a Jordan Clarkson one-on-one and maybe with a Joe Ingles one-on-one or maybe with a Rudy, start to fertilize that message across the team. Start to get that across so everyone understands it. And then when it's presented, it's not new. The coaching staff understands exactly why they're doing it. The players understand why, and that's what leads to success. I, I just think it's a I thought it was an interesting uh, thing, and that's you know that's the story that's jumped out to me uh, the most about camp this year. Uh, the second one I think that's most interesting is how our oldest guard and our youngest guard intertwine this season. And I will say both of them just superb at practice on Saturday. Mike Conley and Jared Butler both just superb, and. Um, the practice Saturday was superb. The whole thing. Uh, I, I can't hear it quite the way I once did. But it just speaks to this whole thing. And then the, the last part of what Quinn said there I think is important. And this is where the front office de- deserves a lot of credit. Uh, intelligent players. There, there's an intelligence and an interesting aspect and a, and a depth to our players. If you're not If you're not that type of player, you don't last here very long. It doesn't work for you. If you're just coming out to play the ball, it's not, it doesn't work great here. And so you have Jordan Clarkson, the chameleon with incredible depth and interesting. And so they all, they all interplay, but also who's really a smart player under understands Joe smart player, Mike Conley, really smart. Donovan, unbelievable, smart Rudy. Maybe the, the, if you actually asked me which player on the team was the biggest basketball fan and, watch the most and knows the most about the league and the players, I think I go Rudy. So that to me has got a really interesting aspect to who these guys are and how they play and, and what they are. All right. Mike Conley, Jared Butler, the intertwined season of the two of them will continue the conversation. Uh, thanks very much for making locked on jazz. Our first listen every day. If you are watching on YouTube, there's a little subscription button right down over here. Um, I think that, Oh no, over here. Uh, push on that, subscribe. Also turn on your notifications so you're told whenever we go live. We can keep growing this live audience bigger and bigger. Ron and I will be doing postcasts this year. As of right now, I think it's here. Um, we might move it. We'll see. Ron and I are hoping to do on the floor before games this year. We haven't quite figured out where we're doing that, uh, whether it's going to be a Periscope or an Instagram Live or or where um, where we're doing that. So uh, just wanted to throw those out to you. We will be doing that. I'm going to try to, uh, for those youngsters out there, I'm going to try to increase my snap game. Ugh. But it seems vital um, after reading enough stories about how Instagram and Facebook are trying to poison us. And the reason they're doing it is because snap and TikTok's killing them. Probably need to, as the old guys start doing some snap to relate to the younger audience and bring them content. And um, I don't know how to TikTok, nor do you ever want to see me. And I don't even know what that means to see me TikTok. All right, let's get back to it. Thanks very much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and in Logan. There's great deals going on right now at Murdoch Chevy, as well as uh, there are the Murdochs have made this incredible commitment to you, the Utah, uh, or for that matter, if you're out of state, you might want to consider not increasing MSRP despite the chip shortage and the car shortage right now. They're not going to take advantage of you on that. Uh, so you get the price 
as the car, not being gouged extra. They're simply not going to do that. They're also doing a great deal of work this uh, month over at Murdoch Chevy, making strides against breast cancer uh, as they are for their 11th straight year supporting the American Cancer Society with a bunch of programs this year with Chevy Cares. So make sure uh, you ask about that when you head over to Murdoch Chevy. The lineup of cars is great. It's the Santa, the uh, Colorado and the Silverado are the great trucks. You can get fun with the Camaro and the Corvette or the electric car, the Volt is the Bolt, excuse me, is getting uh, great reviews as well. It's all over at Murdoch Chevy, Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, as well as in Logan. Do you have one device streaming this, another device doing that? Then you go get, you go across, you pick up the uh, the password of your buddy and do that. Well, it's time to get rid of all that. You can get your Jazz games and stream them all on Direct TV Stream. Brings live television, on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. There's no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, add the confusion and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. It's all in one place now. It's DirecTV Stream and Jazz Games are available through AT&T Sportsnet on DirecTV. All right. The uh, By the way, chat room is open. Um, Dalen says... He is excited to get the on the floor back. Uh, thank you. Actually, Ron Boone is the one who is uh, all up for that. Uh, somebody just asked what my snap is. Well, I guess if I'm going to try to increase my snap game for all of you with some interesting snaps, I should know what my snap login is. I don't have any idea. Yeah, I'm not good at this yet. Uh, D-Lock 9, not 9 D-Lock 9, just D-Lock 9. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Um, where was I? Well, oh, Mike Conley. So first of all, I think Mike Conley has been great. Very subtly to me, Mike Conley. Um, and I talked about this early in the year. I talked to Mike a little bit about it. He actually wasn't as tremendous, as much saying that he felt that different. Um, I think there is something different for Mike in that he has bought into the team in a different way. Just simply not that he would ever not be bought in. Uh, but just simply in the sense that he chose to be here this year, we traded for him. He figured it out. And then this year he really had the opportunity to go somewhere else and he decided to stay. And to me, that's a pretty big statement. He seems a little bit more vocal, a little bit more active. Um, he also seems just completely like in tuned to what he's doing, what his offense is. He and Rudy have been magic together as they were last year. He understands like he's going to play with Rudy. They're going to match that. Um, and if you kind of looked at his preseason, I know he only played three games, but very subtly in 49 minutes, he scored 33 points, which is a like, think about that for a second. If he played a 40 minutes, about a 20 point game, he went eight of 14 from three. He went three of four from the free throw line, which is no big deal. And he went 11 of 23 overall. He just was in, again, there aren't scouting reports. It's not quite the same thing. I, I'm, he just looked completely in control to me. In fact, I thought if anyone, he might have had the best offseason or preseason. And then, you know, I go back to some of the conversations we had with him when the season started. And he's talking about the fact that he uh, changed a bunch of the things he's worked on. He went into yoga. He's added different aspects to his to who he is. Um, he and so, you know, he's got a little bit of a different uh Workout now. He's got a little bit of a different health issue he's doing now. So I thought, you know, maybe 
maybe here's a guy who at this point in his career, surprisingly, is like hitting another stride. There, there is an evolution that an older player goes to, which is when they suddenly learn how to play old. Some players can learn how to do it, some can't. To me, Mike Conley's aging year was the year in Memphis, and then maybe the year he struggled here, where if you look at the numbers that always say to me a player is kind of on their their eight that they're beginning to age, just shots at the rim. So Mike used to shoot about 25% of his shots at the rim. His last year in Memphis, it went to 19. It then went to 13 with us. And last year, it went to 11%. And so he's also moved from taking about 38% of his shots as threes to 52% of his shots as threes. So now Mike's learned a little bit like, okay, if I got Rudy setting a pick, they go under, I'm watching the three every time. If I'm driving, I'm probably not getting to the rim anymore. I'm 30, whatever years old. I'm not getting the rim with any success. His rim shooting has slipped from 61 down to 56%. Like he's, he's had to evolve. His floater's still going to have to, floater's going to be about as good as a rim shot at 50, 48%. His long two is at 44%, which was a, one of his better years ever last year. I think he's evolved into understanding how to play as an older player. So that's the first thing. Jared Butler, from all interesting signs, might be just getting better every day. Just understanding it, learning it, getting better every day. He is, he and Trent Forrest both had great camps. Now, Trent, Injured, concussion, don't know when we see him again. Those can be lengthy. And it might be unfortunate. It might be, might actually mean it opens the door to Jared Butler and that, that just ends up not um, opening up a lot of opportunities for um, for for Trent after that because Trent and Trent's really played well. But so it does look to me as though if Butler's kind of forcing himself in, what gets interesting here is if you look at Mike's minutes, Mike played – in his minutes per game last year, and we blew out a lot of opponents. So he dropped to 29 minutes, and he's played 29 minutes with us. He played 34 in his last year. That, that's about where he should be. And the way you get him to 29, frankly, is he plays 32, and then we blow people out, and he plays 26, and then you're at 29. The other thing you can start to do with Jared Butler, if he can figure this out, and this would be a big step for him, is take two or three-minute, four-minute stints in the first half and the second half, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter or something, where suddenly, now eight's too many overall, so you need to take some of Joe Ingles' minutes also. But if you can suddenly get it so that Jared Butler is actually playing well enough that you're not losing ground in those minutes, and you actually have him matching Rudy Gobert, because Butler probably still needs a really good defensive big behind him. So you take, you know, the, the Rudy Gobert 34 minutes of action and you suddenly sneak Jared Butler in at, let's say, three minutes in each half. Now you have Mike down to 28. That maybe preserves Mike a little bit for the season. That suddenly having this young, now that's only six minutes for Butler. And so maybe you try to extend some Joe Ingles minutes in there. And then you suddenly get him up to 10 because that's just an easier thing for him to play. If he can play in little five-minute windows instead of three minutes, it's hard for players to play in three minutes, particularly guys who've started their whole lives. That's a big adjustment. And he, I think he would have a tendency to overplay those minutes a little bit right now at his at this stage, um, but this is when this is when you have a chance now to intertwine the success of Mike Conley based on Jared Butler being able to play a little bit. This is to me where Jared Butler's most important. If Jared Butler can play a little bit and then have some success and play a little bit more, the true impacts it has on this team is one: you can lessen the burden on Mike Conley. 
And now Mike Conley is suddenly down to 28, 26 minutes. Not because he's not great. I think he's going to be amazing this year. And he looks just so good, but you just preserve his body. And I think Mike's at a stage of his career where it's all right. The second thing is if Butler, so now stage two would be that Butler's doing that so well, you want to extend him out. Now you can either take some minutes off Joe or you can slide Joe down to some power forward minutes, which means he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He doesn't go through as much burden. He's not guarding someone as difficult to guard. And it allows Joe to do some things he might not do otherwise. Those to me are the, where Jared Butler is kind of the key to our older guys. We just don't have these youth, these youthful players on our roster. And so to me, that's going to be a really interesting one uh, to be able to make these steps is if Butler can play and, and more and more indication that he can more and more indication. He's, he looks better and he's still, you know what? I actually went back and reread Peachtree hoops scouting report on him, the Stepien scouting report on him. Everyone actually nailed it. Um, the negative is still true. He, He's just not big enough or athletic enough that inside the trees he can go make a play. But if if the floor is spread and he can work that, he's got an incredible handle, he's got the ball and string, he can get himself in the lane, he can create some stuff as long as the floor is spread and there's open area there. The flip side is he really can shoot it. The kid can really shoot it. And he's got that step back three and it looks incredibly comfortable from an NBA distance which you just didn't know. And, and that really means he's going to be able to play. That's pretty awesome. So uh, I think that's an exciting piece. That's, you know, kind of our last unknown piece is whether, well, that and whether Hassan Whiteside can figure out. Really interesting conversation with Hassan uh, yesterday. I wasn't playing on, or on Saturday. Wasn't totally planning to get into that, but we can. We talked about it a lot on the show about him learning the picks and various things. And he's talked about it. And he felt that he was obviously much better in the last game of the preseason. So we'll see uh, whether that continues. The Utah Jazz once... Only once, compared to most franchises, tried to be absolutely awful. They consciously tried to lose games. It drove Tyrone Corbin nuts. It was a sketchy year. Everyone, And we did it because of the incredible draft class that was coming. And it turned out to be the worst draft class, maybe, of all time. We'll talk about it. Coming up next here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. NBA sees uh, your, we are free and available on all platforms for your second listen Everything you didn't know from contender to pretender around the NBA. It's the ultimate insider season preview, the biggest, most comprehensive season preview you can get wherever you get your podcast. It's the ultimate insider NBA season preview. It's an Odyssey lockdown production. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. What do they have today? They've just been killing it with the Rocky Road and the Lime. And today it's Cookie Dough Chunk Flash Sale. It's back and available Cookie Dough Chunk. I've been eating a ton of Cookie Dough Chunk. The Rocky Road is still available as well. They are on 100% real chocolate, 100% really delicious. Available for you right now at Built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. You can get yourself 15% off on the latest from Built Bar and all of the Built aspects of things. The incredible flavors are out there and the uh, 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U S track and field team. And right now it's got really the most important thing is it's got cookie dough chunk and strawberry puffs are also available for you and Rocky road. There's just so many good things and cherry lime. It's all at built.com promo code locked 15 gets you 15% off. 
Prize Picks has the best NBA daily DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes of each game. Uh, Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage, touchdowns, to even interceptions thrown. And if you're getting ready for the NBA season, 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code. NBA, you pick two to five players and over under on their projections up to win. You can win up to 10% on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's all at prize picks. So, um, ah. T-Man asks, what are the odds of the Jazz having the best record on Bet Online? I don't know. I know that our over-under win total at betonline.ag is behind the Lakers. I don't know if the Lakers have shifted. Boy, it's interesting, right? Both the Lakers and Nets, the two kind of dominant teams, have had brutal preseasons. With the Kyrie mess, Harden actually does not look good. David Thorpe wrote a big thing about it. Like Harden's free throw rate is... Was seven is 3.1 free throws per 36 minutes right now in the preseason. Hard to know whether that really translates or not, but it does, you know, that's a, it was 14.2 two years ago. It's now 3.1. Hard to say that doesn't mean anything. Um, so to me, that that says a little at least of what's of what you're looking at. Brooklyn, by the way. So to that question, Brooklyn's at 55.5. The Lakers are at 52.5. And the Jazz are now at 53.5. So it actually has switched. The betonline.ag line has switched. And the Jazz are now favored to be the number one seed at the end of the season. Phoenix, who was, is at 51.5. So there has been a shift. The Lakers... Over-under number is down after their preseason, and the Jazz have moved into the number one slot uh, of for the best record in the West. It's not, I mean, we're just going to be really good. Um, that That's the simplest thing on this. We're really good, and it's going to be an interesting season to see if we learn those various things that Quinn Snyder was talking about, where we try to get a little bit, you know, better at containing the ball, better at playing one through five switching, and be better and ready for it in the postseason. So as Jazz fans, we've only dealt once in our entire lives with the, a, a year in which we basically tanked, which is really an incredible concept. And it was for the 2014 draft that was supposed to be just an amazing, amazing draft. And it has turned out to be one of the most grandiose busts of all time. Dante Exum was released yesterday. He ends up playing 245 NBA games. I don't know that he gets another job. He's a 31% three-point shooter. He never learned how to shoot. He averaged six points and two rebounds in his career and two assists. We kept trying and trying and trying. Jordan Clarkson for Dante Exum is turning out to be one of the great trades of all time. If you look at this draft, Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick. Here's the craziest thing is in some ways these draft picks make sense. Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick. He, at this point, has played the most minutes of any player in this draft class. When you find out who's played the number two, you're going to be stunned. 
Jabari Parker was the number two pick in the draft. You know, I ought to be honest. If you were, if you guys have been with me the whole time, when I watched him, I always I talked about how I thought Rodney Hood was a better player than he was when I watched him in college. I did not see the excitement on him. He turns out to have a bunch of ACL injuries, ends up not parlaying. The game changes. What's interesting about this is none of these guys could shoot. Of the top 10 picks of this draft, Wiggins is a 34% three-point shooter. Parker, 32. Joel Embiid's different. Aaron Gordon, 32. Dante, 31. Marcus Smart, 32. Julius Randle, 34. Nick Stauskas, who can couldn't really make the league, 35. Noah Vonley, total bust, 31. Alfred Payton, 29%. The top 10 picks of the draft, Wiggins, Parker, Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonley, and Alfred Payton. We just had not crossed over to realizing how important shooting was yet. The next 10 picks of the draft, Doug McDermott, nice career, can shoot it at 41%. I know a jazz scout at the time thought Doug McDermott should be the number one pick of that draft. It, it sounded absurd. It might actually have been right. Dario Sarge was the 12th pick at 36%. Zach Levine probably should have been the number one pick of the draft at 39%. Then TJ Warren, Adrian Payne, 15th, doesn't make, can't shoot, doesn't make the league. Yusuf Nurkic, James Young at 17, doesn't make the league. Tyler Ennis, 18, doesn't make the league. I mean, this is incredible. Basically, Wiggins is the number one pick. He's been average to less than average. Jabari Parker has been poor and, frankly, got a seven-year career because he was number two pick of the draft. Joel Embiid's been good. Aaron Gordon has been average for a fourth pick. Dante got a six-year career because he was the fifth pick. Marcus Smart does his thing. Julius Randle last year busted out. Nick Stauskas got a five-year career because he was the eighth pick. Noah Vonley got a seven-year career because he was the ninth pick. Alfred Payton is still in the league because he was a 10th pick. Like these, it's crazy. Then Doug McDermott, solid career. Dario Saric, solid career. Zach Levine, solid career. TJ Warren, solid career. Adrian Payne, 100 games out of the league. Yusuf Nurkic, 16. James Young, seventh, 95 games out of the league. Tyler Ennis, 180 games out of the league. Gary Harris, 19th pick, pretty good. Bruno Kabako out of the league, 105 games. Mitch McGarry out of the league. Jordan Adams out of the league. Rodney Hood, decent career. Jabaz Napier, barely hanging on. Clint Capella, good career at 25. P.J. Harrison out of the league. Bogdan Bogdanovich, pretty darn good career. C.J. Wilcox out of the league after three years. Josh Hustis out of the league. Kyle Anderson, 30th pick of the draft, was pretty good. What a crazy, what a miss. Talk about the, this draft class should go down as the transition draft. Here are the players in this draft. If you redraft this draft, the number one pick is Nikola Jokic. The 41st pick of the draft becomes the number one pick. By win share, it's not even close. He's at 64. Number two is actually Clint Capella, but Joel Embiid would probably be the number three pick. Julius Randle is fifth in win share, would probably be the next pick. But Dwight Powell, who's drafted 45th, is actually fourth in win share. In this draft, Jeremy Grant was the 39th pick is sixth. The top six win share players, three of them were second round picks. I mean, really an incredible draft in regards to the league, just not knowing who it was themselves. A universal miss across the board of the top 10 picks. Six, five of the top 10 win shares of five of the top 10 win share players were 30th or later in the draft. Kyle Anderson, 30, Joe Harris, 33, Jeremy Grant, 39, Nikola Jokic, 41, Dwight Powell, 45. Crazy. 
of the top. <clears throat> and Compello is 25th, and he's number two on the windshield. Minutes played in the class. Jordan Clarkson's number two in the entire class in minutes played. Wiggins one, Clarkson two, Randall three, Jokic four, Smart five, Jeremy Grant six, Aaron Gordon seven, Zach Levine eight, Alfred Payton and Gary Harris. Rodney Hood's 12th. And complete just transformational draft class in the sense that the league didn't know where they were. Uh, if you did not read the Kevin O'Connor, Rudy Gobert piece, great piece on Rudy's determination, winning a Sony PlayStation at one point in his career, leaving his mom, a lot of stuff we've talked about before, but a great reminder and just his other determination to be great uh, was very obvious. Uh, so make sure you go grab that in the ringer. Nice job by Kevin O'Connor. This is Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much for making us the first listen. Ultimate NBA preview today. Go, it's a bunch of episodes. Go binge it. Uh, Odyssey Lockdown Production. Have a great one. Thanks very much for tuning in. Subscri- subscribe button right there. Thank you very much. Uh, on YouTube, set the notifications. Join us live. Good audience today. I greatly appreciate you. It is NBA season. Tomorrow we'll do much more of a season preview type stuff. Uh, and then Wednesday we'll get ready for the Thunder. Friday the Kings. Next Tuesday at Denver. We're ready to roll. It is Lockdown Jazz, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.